0: The MLB app, baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: Well, the Eagles got the Super Bowl five years ago, and let me say, we want it back. As Michael Jackson. And the Jackson 5 lead the way with this song, Jetta Cameron, John Rich. And, of course, we always love talking to Mike Quick. He's going to be calling the game. He's going to be flying out there tomorrow. And he joins us every single Tuesday at this time. Good morning, Michael.
2: Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, we're great. Super. We are great.
1: Mike, there's Super. so many ways to go here. <laughs> let me let me start with this. Um, broadcasting a Super Bowl, do you get extra yeah. nervous in the you know hour or so leading up to that game, as opposed to a Sunday in October,
2: um, I don't know if, like leading up to the game so much, like in the hour, but um, at some point leading up to that game, it does get a little more emotional. it has the two that I've been a part of than other games. Absolutely. How about Merrill? We'll, I, t- we'll talk to Merrill. You know, I got to tell you, yeah, I yeah. got to tell you. Since you asked, since you asked the question, yep. I, I did shed a, I did shed a tear before the last one because I knew how strong this team was after they beat Minnesota at home, um, and I just felt like we were going to Minnesota to win the Super Bowl. So um, <laughs> I remember, kind of during during yeah, <laughs> kind of during my prep, I, um,
1: I dropped a tear. That's great. That's great, Mike. What about the Merrill component? I mean, we haven't touched base with him yet. I'm sure we'll have him on the show either tomorrow, Thursday, or Friday. But what's it like working next to him when he is just in full throttle Merrill mode? What was that like five years ago?
2: Oh, it's unbelievable. You know, it's hard, but I just try to get out of the way <laughs> and and let him do his thing. Uh, but sometimes it's hard because I'm I am too caught up in the moment, but. You know, he's so great at capturing the moment. I try to just get out of the way. But it's it's so cool to, to watch and witness. Um, and I'm very fortunate to be able to do that.
1: Well, reminder to everyone, and I don't think it requires a reminder, but I'll say the game right here on WIP Sunday night. Marilyn, Mike on the call. Howard, of course, on the sidelines of the whole deal. Mike, let's get to the game. Uh, John and I, James, and basically 100% of callers find it bizarre that it's such a small point spread. Uh, we know Kansas City's great. We just happen to think the Eagles are much better. Um, why do you think it's such a small line? Or do you think it's an appropriate line? And that perhaps there is a little overconfidence in town?
2: Well, I think we, when you look at both these teams, they've been number one in their respective conferences all season long. The way that Kansas City scores points, you know, their first the first offense in football and yards and points scored, um, all of these things factor into it. The fact that the Eagles over the past a few weeks haven't really thrown the ball with authority the way they did in previous games. So there's so many things in that mix. And, you know, these smart guys that put the point spread out each and every week, they're usually pretty good with point spread. I don't, I'm not a better, but I know just from listening to everybody uh, talking about the small margin and to have a game that ever since we recognized that it was going to be Kansas city and, and Philly, I think the point total or the margin has only been two and a half points the the entire time. I think that's the biggest margin I've heard.
3: Yeah, uh, I agree. And it hasn't changed much lately either. Uh, So this Chiefs team in the Super Bowl, three of the last four years, how much does that experience help their cause?
2: I think that helps them a lot, that they've gone through it, that they've got enough guys that, that are in that locker room that have been in those situations, uh, it helps them a lot. But then there are individual guys on that roster that have never seen anything close to this. Yeah. You know, if you look at their secondary, they're playing so many young guys. They're going to play so many rookies, especially when they go to their sub packages. They're not used to this. They've they've never been on a stage like this. Uh, just like some of the Eagles players. So I don't know how much that's going to be a factor, but I do think at some point it it could definitely be a factor and and a contributing factor that you have guys that are inexperienced, uh, especially on the back end of their defense.
3: So last week, I I don't know if you heard, Brandon Ayuk was talking about something in the Eagles' defense, in their coverage most likely, that the 49ers' offense was planning to take advantage of, and then they couldn't because their quarterbacks all broke. What do you think? Where, 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 yeah. where, where. What do you think that was? What was Brandon Ayuk talking about that the 49ers were planning to take advantage of? And can the Chiefs take advantage of that?
2: Well, I'm sure he was talking about the possibility of getting some one on one situations with the defensive backs, be it Slay or Bradbury or taking on the safeties. I'm sure that was part of the game plan. Um, and and it will be this part of the game plan on Sunday to try and get one-on-ones and take shots against those guys. When you have skilled wide receivers, and they do in San Francisco, you want to try and create those situations. And when your quarterback goes out, of course, as a wide receiver, you're, missing, you're thinking about all the opportunities that you missed out on. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I think about this when I heard that. You know, I thought when I thought we were going to Super Bowl the one time that I had a chance as a player, we ended up in Chicago in a in a fog haze where we couldn't throw the ball down the field. Yeah. Now I, I can still cry about that because I know the strength was, hey, we can get quick on the outside, throw the ball deep, and he'll go get it. Well, I didn't get a chance to do that mm-hmm. nearly enough because of the fog. So. Brandon Ayuk will have to carry this, just like I'm. yeah. It's it's forty years later. I'm still carrying that, so that that'll be Brandon Ayuk. How do we how do we cover Travis Kelsey? Very carefully. I, I think you want to make sure that he doesn't get clean releases all the time. At least slow him up, make him go a different path. You got to try and reroute him a little bit. If you just let him run straight down the field, run his route on your defense, then. Uh, it makes it too easy for he and Mahomes. I think you're going to have to double him some, especially in clutch situations, third-down situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they get into the goal line area, that's his territory. You want to make sure that you got uh, two pairs of eyes on him, especially when they get down into the red zone.
1: Mike Quick with us here. Of course, calling Super Bowl 57 here on WIP in a couple of days. Mike, I made a comment yesterday. I'm curious if you agree with this statement. And of course you go back as a football fan of the early 70s and you've seen, you know, hardcore all the players, you know, since you came in the league about 40 years ago. Tell me if this is accurate. Patrick Mahomes is not one of the five most accomplished quarterbacks of all time. But Patrick Mahomes plays at a level that is one of the five best in the history of the National Football League. Agree or disagree?
2: I have to agree with that. He's he's not that accomplished yet just because he's still young in the league. I think he has a long future ahead of him, and there's so much more that he's going to do as a quarterback in this league. His skills are just off the charts.
1: Mike, just to frame it, just to frame it, prime Mahomes like what he is now, that's the most prime he's been, prime Mahomes versus prime Peyton Manning versus prime John Elway. Who are you picking?
2: Wow, that's pretty good when you threw in Elway. I don't know. That's a pretty good one, right there. But he's right. That's, but that's, he's right. But he's right there, right? He's I mean, right there. Yeah. No, he's right there with the best of them in terms of uh, accuracy, arm strength, uh, mobility, uh, and ability to run. Like the mobility is different to me than the ability to run. Uh, he has that ability to run, but he also has that mobility in the pocket where he can avoid pressure and and avoid all of the hits and still find his target. Uh, he's He's really special- he's a special quarterback.
3: How likely is it that Andy Reed throws it too much in this game and ends up neglecting the run game
2: to <laughs> our satisfaction well, well, here's the best scenario is that get, getting the chiefs in a situation where they're playing from behind and Andy has to or feels pressured to throw it all the times right. all, all the time and and I think that's that's how this thing plays out. I think if – I went back and watched the uh, Cincinnati game when Cincinnati beat them in the regular season, and it was really Cincinnati keeping the ball away and keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. They had these long, sustaining drives. They were able to score touchdowns. They forced Kansas City to turn the football over a couple of times. If if the Eagles are able to do that, yeah, it's going to be another party time in Philly.
3: So, it – to our chagrin, we found out that Legereus Sneed cleared concussion protocol, uh, yep. cornerback for them. How much does uh, that boost the the Chiefs' defense?
2: It helps them a lot because he's – you know, Sneed is really the intelligence on the back end of their defense. Not only is he one of the better athletes, but it allows Spagnolo to call a lot of – switch up the coverages, and call things that he can't call. He's got to be pretty vanilla when you've got four rookies in the secondary and you can't do as many things as you want to. Mm-hmm. But with Snead back there kind of directing traffic, it allows him to do a lot more things, allows him to bring pressure when he wants to bring pressure. Um, and some of the things that he really wants to do, down deep, Spagnola wants to pressure the quarterback, get hits on the quarterback. But when you just have that young secondary Many times he finds himself playing a lot more zone coverage.
1: Mike, I'm curious. You know, you know Andy Reid obviously better than than, than most of us, to say the least. How much do you think he has a, a burning desire to win? And, and here's what I mean by that: uh, He's either going to win or lose this, and he's either going to have two Super Bowls and have gone two and two in them, or he's going to lose and he's going to be one and three. He's an incredible coach.
2: Is he is he dying to win this one? So I don't think that he's dying to win it because of the situation, that that whole scenario, that picture that you just draw. I just think that Andy is uh, an in-the-moment kind of guy who just wants to win because I've got an opportunity right here to win a Super Bowl. And I don't think all those other things really come into play. When it's game day and even in his preparation, he's just looking at trying to figure out how to break down that defense that he's going to have to score points against. And it's really just being in in that moment rather than thinking about the the big picture. You really count the, you know, your money after the dealing's done. You don't really get – so if you let that get in the way, then you're missing the mark. You're not focused in the right area. And Andy is just not that way.
1: Mike, one more on the Chiefs coaching staff. Steve Spagnuolo, who, of course, we knew real well from his time in Philly, and he's a good dude. Yep. He, he authored one of the great defensive games ever in Super Bowl history, stopping Brady and Randy Moss in 07. I mean, it was the front four, but Spagnuolo had a big hand in it. Does yep. he worry you from an Eagles standpoint that he dials something up that's different or effective in a way that, that stymies the Eagles offense to a degree?
2: Um, I don't think so. I just, there are just too many ways that this Eagles offense can attack you. And I think they're fully healthy now and they've had all this time to work on, you know, the their plan of attack and they just make it so difficult to cover everybody. Howie has assembled too many weapons. Shane Steichen does an unbelievable job of calling plays and this is just an offense that's very, very difficult to stop. I don't see Kansas City stopping this offense. Mike, you
1: probably know from college football, Kirk Cur- Kerb Street has a rule. When he's going to announce a game, he does not give a prediction. My opinion around here is we do not adhere to that sort of rule at WIP. Mike Quick, announcer, along with Merrill Reese of Super Bowl 57, what, sir, is your prediction for Super Bowl 57?
2: We don't need the big buildup and the drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm just expecting that the Eagles will win this game. I, because... Because they're the better football team, I'm expecting the Eagles to win this football game.
1: Love it. Hey, Mike, have a blast, man. I mean, needless all to right, say, we're going to hear what you guys say for years to come, and I think it's going to be glorious. Thank you, Mike.
2: I've had fun with you guys all season long, man. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Mike. We'll
1: wrap up the season next week. Thanks, Mike. All
2: right, there he is, Mike Quick.
1: That's great, man. I mean, it's I'm I'm, I'm, I'm almost feeling, I don't know, it's not chills, but I'm feeling a little something extra here. Like, he's going to call the game. Oh yeah, buddy! I remember not only the calls of the game, the videos of the calls of the game back in Super Bowl Fifty Two. He's standing next to Merrill. You know, Merrill's doing his thing. You know, Mike. You can tell Mike's trying to pick his spots and when to talk sometimes because you don't want to jump over the play-by-play announcer. You got to you got to be very careful with that. He did a magnificent job. It's uh. This is going to get real, man, real soon. This is going to get real,
3: real. I thought one of the coolest parts of that Super Bowl 52 was at the end of the game when we knew the ball had dropped and Mike... Could not contain himself. <laughs> oh! I mean, he, he, he it was just like like childhood level sure. glee, totally. You know, like he laughing, laughter, There's just jubilant. It's gonna jubilance. be a parade
1: on Broad yeah. Street. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, phenomenal. And, and and part of what you hear with Mike, uh, and it's always special for me as a fan when you get this from, let's call him an announcer, which he is, is when the announcer played for the team. I mean, Mike's been an Eagle for forty years, so that's part of what made his call. It's got extra oomph. It be- matters to yes, him. It yes, matters it matters a he lot. He's not just a journalist covering a game. Totally. Like he has if if he yeah. feels it. By the way, quick quick journalism comment. I don't know if journalism is the right term, but I'll just say this, and then we'll uh, get to the calls. I, I got to tell you, and the news came out yesterday, guys. If I'm Fox, I, I'm oh. not happy. I'm <laughs> not happy with Tom Brady. I mean, I'm paying the guy three hundred and seventy-five million dollars. year. The, and the first thing he says is, "I need a year off before I announce." I mean, if if you missed it yesterday, Brady announced he will start uh, in the booth in twenty twenty four. And I'm like, uh, you know, uh,
3: when I heard that, I felt like it had to be something that they had previously they discussed. Yeah,
1: I'm sure it could have been in this. the deal. Like yeah. he has, the, he has the option to start immediately upon retirement, or the, or you know the following year after that. But I just know if Greg I was, Olson's happy. well, I was about to, yeah. Uh, but is he? But he's also like, I got one more year, and then I'm
3: like, I think it's annoying where it's it's Greg Olson gets a chance to show everyone how good he is for another year, and then they're like, all right, bye, Greg. But yeah, he'll go to another team, obviously. He'll be with someone. Someone, yeah. Like, it's just
1: weird. The whole thing's weird. The whole thing is weird. It is. All right, let's go to uh, to Wade right now. OG Wade in Chester. Hello, Wade.
0: What's up, fellas? How we doing today, man? Amazing, OG. Oh, hey, Joey, listen, man. Listening to that Michael Irvin thing, and I watched it last night, but, man, it just hearing Jalen, it brings tears to my eyes because I realized where this kid came from and the fact that we as people and as Michael Irvin, everybody wants him to say this, say that he always going to be like just jailing. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's so authentic that you like, dang, I ain't even you know, I'm thinking he was gonna say this or that. It's just he just keeps it real and that's why I said when I first named him the Duke, it was because he never get too high, never get too low, and still he's sitting on a damn Super Bowl podium yeah. and still ain't getting too high or too low. That is something to say, to be said about this kid and what his journey has been. And I think a lot of us don't really know it because when you're in the moment of saying that you don't want him to be your guy, you're not even really looking at him and looking at him. But in, from my standpoint, and the reason why I felt he was the guy is because I looked at every – when we drafted him, no, he wasn't my prototypical type of quarterback that I wanted. But I said, I'm going to go look at this guy. And I looked at everything I could find on Jalen Hurts. And I said, this guy is going to be a winner. You know what I'm saying? And then when you see him play, you see the things he does. And I wanted to say this here. And this is very, very important that we that we see this. We look at Jalen Hurts' playoff games as not impressive, right?
1: And people say he didn't have
0: numbers this and that. Oh, I won't say but not to impressive, you... just
1: less impressive than the regular season
3: games. Right. And let me, just make right. Let,
0: me, let me just make this point. Right. Let me just make this point. In the beginning of the season, in training camp, when him and AJ wasn't getting on the same page, AJ stated to the reporter, "I told Jalen just throw it as far as you can. Th- you know, be- don't he don't want the jump balls, right? Now look at uh, the ones he threw to um, uh, Devontae Smith. He prefers jump balls. Look at that playoff game when he threw the ball to AJ Brown. It was what too far." When he threw the ball to A.J. Br- I mean uh, – Yeah, but A.J. AJ is
1: not asking him to, intent- right. to overthrow him intentionally. I mean, come right. on, man. It's it was a, a jump ball. But, well, what it wasn't I'm a jump ball. It
0: was an overthrow, but so, it's all right. He's so, allowed to have a mess.
1: Wait, he's allowed to have enough. a, he's allowed to have Listen a to mess. Listen
0: to me. I'm, just, just hear me out, brother. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that I see the difference in Jalen's change that when it's a playoff game, he's not putting the ball in harm's way at all. When it was a regular season game against the Giants, remember he threw the ball that was a 50-50 ball to Devontae Smith, could have been picked off, could have got him hurt. You don't see him making those decisions. Well, He's been very careful. Wait, give me
1: an answer, man. Brother combo, who do you have?
0: Um... I would say Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy.
3: You got it, man. It's a good one right there. Wade, appreciate Way the call. better trademark his Duke nickname because that's catching on like wildfire, isn't it? Ooh, ooh is that
0: sarcasm? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy mackerel.
3: Whoa. Well I mean wow. Wow. Oh. how many people that have you heard call Jalen Duke? One. I heard one. one. <laughs> Now, as much as I like the line... I don't think you should be that proud wow. of your nickname, the Dude. Wow, I love no it. No one uses it. Phenomenal. Now, James, as much as I like
1: John's line, I kind of wish he had said it when O.G. When, Wade was oh, yeah, still on the phone. Yeah, it would have been better if he said it well, to I him. I would
3: like but... to have said it, too, but you... you yeah, it's because Wade was just going he, he to... He just kept talking <laughs> yeah, and talking. Like, let me and, talk. Yeah, right, so this, this like, is hey, my time. All right, let's go to Jeff and
1: Wilmington. <laughs> What's up, Jeff? Yes. You better look out today, man. You say something that gets Richie, man. He'll...
4: He'll take a zigger at you. Right? Wow. wow. That was that was more shocking than anything in that in that call. I was proud of it. Pr- well, it wasn't in the call, but I was proud of John right there. You can it's hear work, it again
1: God. at uh one thirty on Friday and Drive of the Week, there that's you for go. sure.
4: <laughs> there you go. Hey, um, I think the reason why the line is so small a couple of reasons. One, because of Patrick Mahomes. And the other one is because the Eagles schedule and we all kind of poo pooed this, but I think they're looking at who we played and the types of other quarterbacks we played, and I I don't really understand why it has to be that way. But I mean, we we kind of dominated those other those other QBs. Very but much so. Yeah. I think I think that does have something to do with it. I really do. Um, well, yeah. There's there, you know, there's we,
1: doubt if the Eagles are truly exceptional based on the fact that they really. Um, have not played anyone that would really be scary and fully healthy. I mean, that's true.
4: And they're hedging on the fact that while our defense was great all year, what's it going to look like against a quarterback of this caliber? And it, there's nothing to compare it to, really, as of yet. So maybe it's yeah. just a hedge. I don't know. I don't know. Could be. Could
3: be. Well, All right, the Jeff. The team will face, the best quarterback, no, oh, no, no doubt no about question. it. It's not even close. Yeah. yeah
4: there's yeah. no
1: doubt. Jeff, give me a great answer Jeff. here for a brothers combination.
4: I'm going to go with Orville and Wilbur Wright.
1: Wow, that's a big one, too. Big answer. Wright, brother. i got to read the book. David McCullough wrote a book on them some years ago, and I haven't gotten to it, but I'm looking forward to doing that. a whole lot of Wilbur's or I was, or was going to you literally stole the words yeah. out of my mouth. You never see him anymore. No. No. And one of them was in the first plane crash ever.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that makes sense. He lived. Yeah.
1: But one of them was the first plane. I remember that was a trivial pursuit question. Hmm. Who was in the first plane crash ever? And it's one of the right I problems.
3: wonder how high the plane was
1: I'm guessing not that high. Crashed. Yeah, yeah. because the dude lived. Like 15
3: yeah. feet. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean,
1: yeah, <laughs> right, seriously. Because look, if it's 100 feet, and he was probably, dead. and at that time, he's probably like, I am God right now, 15 feet in the air. You know how exciting that must have been? That's my point. I like, mean, yes, think about yes, that. That's my point. Humans had never flown. I'm sure for centuries, there had been a desire to sort of try to figure it out. Although for a long time, it was probably deemed
3: inconceivable to an right. extent. You wouldn't even think the concept,
1: you wouldn't think of it.
3: Well Leonardo Da Vinci drew it up in his little sketchbook yeah. in the I know, 1500s. But
1: you know, he was on a different level. Yeah. Like let me put it this way, the I've had the dream of flying. I don't mean Yeah, I think everyone I had mean that the actually. actual dream when you're yeah. sleeping. Yeah. And I wonder if people <laughs> yeah, No, I'm saying you as don't opposed don't to, to the aspiration. To no, no, I'm I saying cuz some people would say dream means aspiration, some people would say dream <laughs> <I> means <laughs> Superman a sleeping like dream. That. No, but I mean like in the year 500 AD did humans dream of flying or was it off the radar?
3: It's an interesting question. You know, I mean, is. my yeah. guess
1: is that people probably did not dream it. It's yeah, just my guess. Dreams are from
3: the subconscious. So it has to come from somewhere. All
1: right, coming up, uh, we'll talk to Elliot Shore Parks at 1145 today, get the latest from Arizona. Also up ahead, there is tonight, uh, speaking of dreams, a lot of kids that want to play sports, want to break big records, and there's one person who's an adult, no longer a kid, and he's going to break a record, and he's probably going to do it tonight, and it's a really, really big record in sports. We'll talk about that. We'll rock all the calls, Jody Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. The
3: birds are heading to Arizona, and you can be there to win it all with the Game Time app. Get your tickets on the Game Time app, and you'll get one hundred dollars off those tickets by using the promo code Radio One Hundred. You'll see exactly where your seats are in the stadium and even get a virtual view from the seats. It's amazing. And you can put that $100 toward your flight, hotel, or tailgate. Pull up the Game Time app, find the seats you want, check out the view from those seats, and use the promo code RADIO100. RADIO100 is the promo code. Game Time. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.